Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are and whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate you joining me, giving me a little bit of your time and effort. Maybe, (laughs) maybe effort. I hope it's something that y'all look forward to each day. For those of y'all that come back, I assume so, and I appreciate it. For those of y'all that share the podcast with others, thank you so much. For those of y'all that take the time to tell me, either online or when you see me in person, I'm I'm very grateful for that. I will try and use your time wisely, try and add some tools to your toolbox and Maybe, just maybe, we can help our country just a little bit. Not a lot on the homestead. Got a little chilly again, which is good. It's never never good when the winter is too mild. It hurts the plants and hard on the animals when the temperature changes back and forth a lot. And when it doesn't get cold enough, all the little creepy crawlies seem to do a little too well the following spring and summer. So, bugs and insects, etc. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the many blessings you bestow upon us, individually and as a nation for your love and your mercy, your forgiveness, for your Son, Jesus Christ, most of all, for the forgiveness through his life when we fail and fall short, which seems like so constantly for me, at least. Help us to do your will, Father. Help us to seek you and your kingdom and your righteousness first. Help us to love you with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love our neighbors as ourselves. Be with our country. Be with our leaders. Be with our military, our firefighters, law enforcement. Keep them safe. Bring them home to their families safe. Be with our educators, Lord, across the nation who teach our children. Help us to Fix our system and bring it back to you, Lord, if that's possible. And if not, to trust you anyway. God, my words here, Father. In your son's name we pray. Amen. This won't take just a minute, folks, but I ran across, somebody said something to me online. Uh, We were talking about something, and... It came up, it comes up frequently, and I'm sure part of that is because I talk about it frequently on the podcast and online. But I I hope that people are starting to notice more and more, too. Folks, if we're spending hours in front of a TV or in front of a screen each day, 
and I'm not talking about work, obviously, uh, if you work outside the home, but if we're spending hours of our free time in front of a screen, we are, we are making ourselves less than what we could be. We're not, you know, picking up a new skill, a new hobby. I, there was an article in the Epic Times recently talking about Churchill, which I've read a little bit about, uh, you know, picking up painting. And he picked up bricklaying, masonry. You know, this is the guy that basically led the free world through World War II. Uh, wrote horrifically. Uh, I think I picked the right word there. He wrote a lot, prolifically. There we go. I pronounced it wrong. And statesman, politician, so many, he had a lot on his plate. And yet, he still picked up these other skills. What do we do today? We plop down on the couch in front of a sporting event or a TV. And Lord, I'm guilty of it, folks. I get sucked in so easily. Uh, the sports, which I talk about often on here, but also just, just the TV shows instead of reading something, instead of trying to pick up a new skill. Honestly, how many of us, instead of getting some sleep, how many of us complain about being tired all the time, and yet we sit there on our phones or on the TV for hours? That's why we're tired the next day. And then we like to use the excuse that, well, I, you know, that's that's me time, that's my time, and I need to I need to decompress. You know, it's it's funny. Nobody until the current generation had basically unlimited access to screens, and yet they all managed to survive without the quote-unquote needed me time, uh, decompression time each day. Just a thought. And then the follow-on. If you're given all this time to screens and you're not given at least as much, folks, to God and your marriage, it's not a quantity thing in the sense that you have to. It's just it shows what our priorities are. Because we give our time, our money, our energy, our effort to the things that are really important. And so if we're not giving time to God and to our spouse, but we are to screens, well, that's what's important to us. Ronald Reagan, Second Inaugural Address, 1985. History is a ribbon always unfurling. History is a journey. And as we continue our journey, we think of those who traveled before us. Now we hear again the echoes of our past. A general falls to his knees in the hard snow of Valley Forge. A lonely president paces the darkened halls and ponders his struggle to preserve the Union. The men of the Alamo call out encouragement to each other. A settler pushes west and sings a song. 
and the song echoes out forever and fills the unknowing air. It is the American sound. It is hopeful, big-hearted, idealistic, daring, decent, and fair. That's our heritage. That's our song. We sing it still. For all our problems, our differences, we are together as of old. As we raise our voices to the God who is the author of this most tender music. And may he continue to hold us close as we fill the world with our sound. Sound in unity, affection, and love. One people under God, dedicated to the dream of freedom that he has placed in the human heart, called upon now to pass that dream on to a waiting and hopeful world. Uh, there's so, so much there, folks. Uh, but if I can find it quickly, just because... Oh, look at that. Thank you, Lord. I flipped to the right page. Uh, Y'all know this quote, but it ties in. Calvin Coolidge. The strength of our country is the strength of its religious convictions. The foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. I've said it a number of times, folks. You don't have to be Christian in order to be an American. But our founders knew, without a doubt, that if we didn't follow the principles of Christ, if we didn't follow his teachings in action in our lives, our nation would fail, as it is today. And you hear Reagan talking about this unity. We don't have this unity anymore. We used to across political divides, even across differences. We still had that core set of values. Faith in God. God, you know, he was referring to Washington at Valley Forge, Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War. He could have easily talked about FDR or Truman during World War II. He talked about westward expansion as settlers going west. You know, we don't think about that often, but how scary must that have been for a man trying to provide for his family and a woman depending on that man to protect and provide for her to head off west into basically unknown you think about that people like to belittle Columbus today we like to belittle the pilgrims and those who came how how many of us would have had the courage to leave everything not only that we knew but everything that the world knew and set off in the hopes of discovering, finding something else. And if you think that the entire motivation of Columbus was rape, pillage, and plunder, or the pilgrims, you just don't know history. And we've talked about it. We talk about it each year for a few days around Columbus Day for that. Uh, we've talked about the Mayflower Compact and the Pilgrims and the early settlers a couple of times on here. Um, it just, at any rate. But this unity that Reagan talks about, the differences, he says, uh, this song, we sing it still for all our problems, our differences, we are together as of old, as we raise our voices to the God who is the author of this most tender music. 
And then, and may he continue to hold us close as we fill the world with our sound. Folks, as Americans, we can't survive. We can't be great, successful. We can't be a beacon to others of freedom and liberty, a light shining on the hill if we don't have God at the center. And, and you know, the, the ironic thing is, and we've talked about this a number of times, so many people today say that this was, you know, most of the founders were deists, which isn't true. When you look at the Constitu Constitutional Convention, you look at the delegates, you look at the vast majority of the founding generation in general, overwhelmingly Christian, over 90% of it, right? But even if you did pretend that that were true, that's even more condemning because then they knew, even while not choosing to believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, that the nation had to be founded on those principles of Jesus Christ. So really the argument of the people today that say that, well, they were all a bunch of deists. And then you look at comments like John Jay, the first Supreme Court Chief Justice appointed by George Washington. And he says it's the duty and privilege of us in this Christian nation to choose Christian rulers. So if you're going to pretend that John Jay was some deist, that's really condemning, right? You look at Franklin, you look at, look at Jefferson, look at the comments that's on the Jefferson Memorial, right? We just talked about this recently. I think this quote is on there, but it's a quote of his regardless. I tremble for my nation because I know that God is just and his justice will not sleep forever. That's pretty condemning, folks pretty condemning. You know, Valley Forge, uh, there's a little excerpt about it in the Patriots Bible. It was 1777, and a lot of the soldiers were malnourished. The clothing was atrocious. A number of them didn't even have shoes. In fact, this little excerpt here says nine out of 10 soldiers didn't have shoes. They lived in tents. You think about how miserable we claim to be when it gets cold outside and we live in our houses. And, and they were living in tents in freezing cold temperatures with really poor clothing shoeless sometimes. You think maybe these people would be ashamed of us today and what we've done in our country. You think maybe they had a little bit better idea of how important freedom really was. It's interesting you listen to some of the people that have managed to escape. They grew up, for example, in Mao's China. They have that fire that we seem to have just given away in America today almost. But we're about to find out again, folks, what it's like to have real complaints. And going back to the original comments, we're about to find out what it's like not to be able to just distract ourselves completely from the real world with screens. You've got a lot of people that would like that. They want us just to kind of go off into this little make-believe world and not pay attention to what's going on. But it never really works out, folks like being asleep at the wheel you look at I've read a couple commentaries recently on the church in Germany 
in the 1920s, 30s, once Hitler took power. And there were really only a small number of the total clergymen there who were paying attention. There were a few thousand that were really pro-Hitler and the Nazis. There were a few thousand that were really anti-Hitler and the Nazis. But the overwhelming majority, well over half, about three quarters of the church, just kind of kept their mouth shut. Which is condemning, by the way, Christians, those of us, uh, those of y'all that are listening right now that claim Christ, when you think about the moral issues that we've been quiet on for decades as a church, I mean, really pretty much silent and just gone along. Abortion, uh, LGBTQ lifestyle, no-fault divorce, heterosexual sex just like crazy outside of marriage, illegal immigration because of the damage that it does to the least of these, our fellow brothers and sisters here in America. Feminism, the just rampant destruction of marriage and family and lives caused by feminism. Uh, critical race theory, you know, just the blatant racism promoted by uh, CRT, DEI, identity politics. Rejection of God out of our institutions, out of, out of teaching. They, they've taken God away from our children in public education, and yet we're still required to pay taxes to educate our children in a godless setting. And we've just kind of gone along with it and said, oh, well, that's just the way things are. It really goes back, folks, every single time. Eventually, you get back to that 1947 decision, separation of church and state. And we just all kind of quietly went along and said, oh, I guess you're right. Despite the mountains of historical evidence to the contrary, I guess I guess our founders really did want to kick Christianity out of the public sphere. What cowardice. We should be ashamed of ourselves. Some of us are, myself included. Henry Armit Brown described the experience of the soldiers at Valley Forge. Trials that rarely have failed to break the fortitude of men await them here. False friends shall endeavor to undermine their virtue and secret enemies to shake their faith. The Congress whom they serve shall prove helpless to protect them and their country herself seem unmindful of their suffering. There's some more here. I'll come back and read it later. We'll talk about it on the next podcast, maybe. But again, we need to think today, folks, about these trials and tribulations that so many have suffered through before us. And for those of us that are Christian, we need to think about it not only from the point of view of America as a Christian nation, but we need to think about it from the point of view of Christians just in general throughout history. I can't help but think of John Quincy Adams being interviewed by that reporter when I think it was the gag rule that that they couldn't talk about slavery finally got overturned in the House after years and years. And, And John Quincy Adams, who had been president, had just been treated horribly, horribly for years. 
And this reporter asked him, you know, how did you do it? How did you keep going when it, pretty much everybody was against you and, and you were just being vilified and attacked just ceaselessly? You know, and his response was, well, duty is ours, results are God's. Uh, you know, we've got a chance, folks. There's a little door still here. It's like the ending of Uncle Tom's Cabin, right? We've got a little window still where we can we can pick our terms of what to stand for. But that door, it's closing fast, folks. And once it closes, then all these trials and tribulations and sufferings that we were trying to avoid, they're still going to come. They're going to be worse. And we're not going to have near the means to resist. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.